listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. A lot going on with open enrollments, but there's a few things that we're going to go through, and then we're actually going to have a calling guest that we're going to talk about the open enrollments and what both of us are, are seeing. According to a recent survey by FreshBooks, that 65% of small business owners are extremely concerned or very concerned about the coronavirus affecting their business. Obviously, if, if you're listening to this and there was a concern for you, you're not the only one and you're not alone, but indirect impact is going to be with the employees. A lot of employees are just going paycheck to paycheck anyways. I also want to point out that another survey that was done, that 32% of American workers have medical debt, and then 28% of those have more than $10,000 in medical debt. So obviously, employer-sponsored health insurance plans play a role in this, and having right plan designs and contribution levels to make sure your employees are insured is very important to not only just retention of the current employee base, but also to make sure their home life is doing better than it, than it was prior to working for you. And so when you're going through the open enrollment this time, think about some of those things and those numbers and bring in a little extra help and maybe some consultation for the employees on how to handle some of that. Because we have mentioned in other podcasts, and you could go back to a previous podcast to listen to them, but the cash that's owed at claim time is negotiable. So maybe your employees don't know that, but but to reduce that amount of po- out-of-pocket expenses for the employees, you may want to uh, reconsider some of the plan designs that you're looking at as an employer. Your employees are not alone. They're, they're, they have medical debt and it's manageable, but on an employer base, having con- some concern about whether they're in business or not, but obviously your employees are concerned too. So while you're going through the open enrollment, consider all factors so we can move through this together and then uh, you have you become the employer of choice going forward at least with health insurance and and employee retention now another trend that's occurring because it's been around for about a good year is to help lower some of the costs for some of the employers is to reimburse the employees for going out on their own and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in our phone interview but some employers, the premiums are getting too high on a small group or even on a mid-sized company uh, basis where the premiums can't be controlled. And I guess some large companies are having the same issue. But there was a law that was passed called the Individual Coverage Health Reimbursement Arrangement. It's similar to a HRA or health reimbursement arrangement that was already in place, but allowed employers to reimburse for individual health insurance. Um, this will help control some of the costs for some employers, but there's a lot of things that go into it. Just because you have the ability to reimburse for individual health insurance now versus prior when the Obamacare or Affordable Care Act actually taken that away. So now it's reinstated, but not all individual plans are the best solution. There's high out-of-pocket on many of them, restricted networks. Depending on where you're at, it still may be cheaper to put you on a small group or any group plan versus the individual or exchange market unless they're receiving a tax credit. So there are some strategies to be put in place for reimbursing for individual health insurance premiums. It is an option for some employers to help contribute towards health plans at a reduced cost compared to what they're contributing on a group health insurance plan. But consult with your broker uh, or insurance agent or consultant and 
figure out if it is a, a strategy that you could use the lower premium cost or at least a segment of, of your employee base or a department, uh, so to speak, or maybe a separate entity to help control some of the costs because some of the low wage earners could actually benefit from that versus paying uh, additional funds through an employer-sponsored plan. There's some trends going into 2021, a lot of them actually, but I'm going to pinpoint on a couple of them. One is we always keep talking about plan designs so for the middle market and large group. And in some cases, it's moving down to small employer plans where there's different healthcare plan innovations that are going on. They've been there for a long time. It's just that it's become a little bit more known because the pressure is on to make some changes and help control costs or how do we look at things different? And it's not the old school um, status quo where uh, it's passive renewals or just keep shopping and moving carriers every couple of years. And it seems like it's the, the same old endless cycle. But some of the plans out there are coming with what they call reference-based pricing or RBP. If you've heard that before, reference-based pricing is basically a new measure of reimbursement rate through as a percentage above Medicare. And it controls the cost a little bit more. Uh, the only concern with reference-based pricing is any balanced billing. But they have found out through studies that balanced billing is only happening at a small percentage of the time. But in certain health plans, the employer health fund, a self-funded portion of it, helps ca- take care of the balanced billing so the employee doesn't have to. But the purpose of the reference-based pricing is to control or having a new established middle ground of what costs and services are. Medicare has a certain guideline, so this is a certain percentage above it. It is um, going trend right now for a lot of health plans to control costs going forward with premiums and then claim, obviously, usage. But reference-based pricing is definitely becoming a little bit more of a known term. And so um, in certain situations, I would definitely look at this to control some of the costs for the employer. Traditionally, it's through a self-funded or a level-funded program, but it is definitely an option. Another one is direct primary care. This is a newer concept, but it's been around for a little while, but uh, it's basically a concierge service through a doctor's office. Um, Concierge services isn't new, and since the Affordable Care Act, more and more doctors are doing a concierge service, but employers could actually go to some of these provider outfits that are marketing in a fashion where they charge the employer a certain dollar amount per employee, and then the employees could go to these clinics, so to speak, at no cost to them. So they could go there as many times they need, no matter how much usage they're actually getting. There's no cost to the employee, and the employer is paying a premium towards that coverage based on the number of employees that employer has. The advantage of this is it's a fixed cost, and you're not utilizing money from your health insurance plan. It works extremely well with self-funded groups. Some employers with fully insured plans will actually implement this to try to make a a strategy switch away from the health insurance plan of utilization. It doesn't have a a huge impact with fully insured. It's more for level-funded and self-funded programs, but it's really nice that families can go to the doctor and not have to worry about what the expenses but even more so, uh, as time goes on, if you develop condition or need treatment plan for something, a lot of these direct primary care facilities will actually help you evaluate the situation and translate some of the medical terminology, depending on what your treatment level is, that you don't understand and help uh, communicate with any other additional medical specialist that you're working with 
to try to make sure that you have a good understanding of what's going on and how to evaluate your healthcare going forward. So this is one way to actually reduce some of the costs and, like I said, the self-funded and level-funded programs by not utilizing or, or making claims in that risk pool. Another way to control some costs, especially with mid-size and large markets, employee base with their level fund and self fund is getting direct contracts with testing facilities, whether it's lab or MRI or CAT scans or uh, just test facilities in general, surgical centers, as well as hospitals. These direct contracts will actually give you a lower cost by sending all your employees to one central location. And it allows you to uh, just bring that cost lower by giving the incentive to sending all your employees to that hospital system, surgical facility, or testing clinic. Some brokers and consultants already have these contracts pre-negotiated, and third-party administrators already are working on this, or they have for many years now. But it is another way to control costs by allowing people to go to a certain facility and reduce costs. In some cases, I have not experienced this myself, but I've only read about it, where some employers that send their employees to a certain facility, test facility, there's very minimum or no cost incentive for the employees to go there. So now you're reducing your out-of-pocket expenses for those employees by controlling some of the risk factor by negotiating some of these contracts. But some of these contracts may already be pre-negotiated. You just have to ask the question and find somebody that has access to it so that uh, it can be fully implemented for you. The other thing we're seeing is employers are offering non-medical coverage, and this could be short-term disability. So if somebody gets sick and they're out of work for more than a period of time, it could be seven days, two weeks, three weeks, depending on the contracts, they could actually receive income. Um, so they could reduce worries in the household of whether they're going to put food on the table or make their mortgage payment but it has to be directly related to an injury or sickness by making the coverage available to them has paid dividends in the workplace. Just a couple items that the non-medical offerings in the workplace is legal services. Um, so that way they have access to attorney without having to spend time at work or taking time off to go take care of legal services. It allows the employees to make a phone call um, at the convenience of their work schedule and starting illegal matters that may they may need to address. Another one is life insurance offering. A lot of employers already offer this. And many times it's a baseline, but we have been seeing that some of employers are offering buy-up options to allow employees to get um, more affordable life insurance in place and, and eliminates a concern at home. Maybe they can't afford traditional life insurance, which is usually a larger amount than what you're getting through your employer, but at least it eliminates some of the concern, financial stress at home by making it available as a buy-up option so that uh, employees can take advantage of it. Coming up after the break, we're going to have Eric Wilson join us from Isella Health. He is a peer and friend in uh, the industry, but he uh, is going to bring some insight on what he's actually seeing. And we're going to have a nice conversation between two experts in the industry, give you some highlights on what's going on purchasing your own health insurance in the marketplace. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits 
without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. All right, now we have Eric Wilson joining us. Thanks for taking the time and joining me on the podcast. Doug, Butch, good to be here. Thank you for having me on. So what are you seeing with some of these exchange plans for the open enrollment for these business owners and people that buy their own health insurance? Okay, well, first of all, there's a new carrier in Illinois called Bright Health. They've been, they've been around a little while, but they're new to Illinois. Very competitive in Cook County with their HMO product. And their HMO is a little bit different than a typical HMO in so much as you don't really have to have a, you know, they, they recommend you pick a, a primary care doctor, but you don't necessarily have to. So so they're, they're very competitive in Cook County. Uh, I've seen them in DuPage County a little bit. I mean, they're, they're in other counties, but, you know, DuPage County and, and, and Kane County are not as competitive, but they're, they're very aggressive in, in Cook County. So if you live in Chicago or Schaumburg or any of those places there, and you already have an HFO plan, you, you might want to look at Bright Health as an alternative to Blue Cross. You know, the network's about the same. You know, uh, you know they have you know, Northwest Community Hospital, you know, Northwestern, some of those other carriers are, are available to them, but it's an HMO. Uh, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a good product uh, as far as that goes. Uh, of course, also with Blue Cross, you know, they've expanded their PPO network now to include Northwestern, uh, which happened at the end of last year. So, you know, all, all, the, all the Northwestern you know, affiliates are in there as well. So, so uh, more options than, than we had a year ago, certainly on, on the Obamacare side. Yeah, yeah. And real quick on the, the Bright Health system, uh, you had mentioned that you don't have to pick a primary care, but what have you been seeing for as far as network availability with hospitals? Um, specifically in the southwest suburbs, we usually have that issue. And so have you taken the time to look up hospital systems in that network? Uh, I, 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 the only ones I've looked up is you know, I've looked up DuPage Medical Group being there. I've looked up uh, uh, in the north suburbs, Northwest Community Hospital. They're the only ones I've actually looked up, but uh, but it seems like they're you know, they're they're decent. They're, you know, they're the same ones that you see in, in, that you used to see in, in the smaller Blue Cross network. You know, you see a lot of them. So you know, Edwards Hospital. You know, they're, they're there. So there's, there's a handful. You know, the, the ones you'd expect to see the smaller hospital systems, Abita, you know, Advocate. You're seeing them. Well, Advocate, I'm not sure of, but Abita's there for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know. And I saw similar stuff, too. We haven't uh, had a high volume. Uh, we have a lot more group renewals coming through on our uh, our side. But Bright Health has been around for a little while. They've been in other states. They just now started coming in to the, the Midwest. I know you operate in many different states. Have you seen them in, uh, competitively in other states? Yeah, well, I, I do. I've used them in North Carolina you know, for a couple of years. So I've seen them being, you know, they're, you know, they're, again, there's, there's not as many Again, North Carolina is another state with not a lot of carriers, uh, and, and they've been very competitive in a lot of counties out in North Carolina. Yeah, I, so I think uh, increased competition is good. I know a couple of years ago uh, in the Chicagoland market, we, we were introduced to Cigna. You know, there was a lot of people that tried to jump on board, but it, uh, they created their own separate HMO network specifically for the exchange plan. So it was kind of like a buyer beware. Don't, you know, don't find out a claim time. You can't get access to certain things. But even that, uh, many of them have expanded the network uh, over a period of time. So there, there are solutions, but they're definitely pigeonholing or cornering people to take an HMO to control some more of the cost. That is true. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of whatever song was, same as it ever was. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to the HMOs. Right, right. So, and speaking of controlling cost, I know uh, you and I have gone back and forth over the years. We've talked about these non uh, non affordable care act plans or non Obamacare plans. 
and you do a lot more in this space than, than I do, but what are you seeing there? Because there's obviously uh, buyer beware uh, as well. These phone brokers that generate leads on the internet or buy them and then they're calling and, and they're basically trying to convince people that it's better to go through an underwritten plan. There's obviously concerns for it, but what are some of the pros and cons of some of those plans that you're offering? All right, well, let, 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 let's start with the short-term plan, the non-Obamacare short-term plan, which has been around, you know, for forever, okay? Uh, again, that varies by state. You know, in Illinois, buying a short-term plan in, for the month with a January 1 start date is, generally speaking, not safe, unless you have an LL, uh, unless you can follow up with a group plan behind it as, as a backup, because if you have a, if you had a, let's just say, United Healthcare short-term plan, and you had it for six months, and you were, your intent was to move to, to, say, National General in July. Well, if you got sick in June, guess what? You can't go to another plan in July, and then you're stuck to the next open enrollment. So short-term plans are very good in about 27 states to do year-round. Illinois is not one of them. I mean, in Indiana has expanded into a three-year short-term, you know, the, 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 the law legally, and North Carolina has a short, has a three-year short-term, and I think Georgia has a you know a, two, a, a one a one and one you know a year with a guarantee renewal type thing. So so there's a lot of there's a lot of great options for the short term plan non Obamacare stuff. However, in Illinois, you got to be very aware. Now, now mind you, also short term plans aren't for everybody in any state. I mean, yes, they do not cover pre existing conditions. So if you have a pre existing condition that you want covered, that is you know that is the wrong plan for you. So you know when you're when you're after shopping, they say that we have this, this, this great this great non-Obamacare plan. That is a question that needs to be asked, you know, or or, or at least be be specified that you know they're, 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 you know, the short-term plans are going to exclude the, the pre-existing condition for for 12 months, you know, and also for 12-month plan, so they're going to exclude for the the entire length of the, of the plan. So again, not not for everybody. But they do fit a nice niche for a lot of people. Yeah, and so what kind of savings have you been seeing between the regular uh, health plans with through Affordable Care Act and these short-term medical plans? Oh, they're, they're, they're forty to fifty percent less because you know one they don't insure you know pre-existing conditions. They're they're for a shorter term. They they don't have maternity coverage. They don't a lot of them don't have mental health coverage. Some of them don't have the first dollar preventive coverage. A lot of them have the preventive coverage you know applied to the deductible. So. So I mean, yeah. So so there are a fraction of the cost, and even even if you buy the three-year short-term plan, which is going to be more than the one-year short-term plan in some of these states, you know, it's still you know you know I ran one in North Carolina the other day, and the guy was paying like twelve hundred dollars a month for his for his plan. Uh, a one-year short-term was like five twenty-five, and the three-year short-term was like eight twenty-five. So it was still still four hundred dollars a month less than his than his this twelve hundred twelve hundred dollar you know ACA plan. Right, right. So that's good. That's a good point. Now, the other thing that, 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 that I deal with, as you know, is our indemnity plans, right? And and indemnity plans, I think, are going to be even more popular come January when, when the price transfer, excuse me, price transparency begins. You know, currently, currently, you know, medical billing is everybody's very little secret as well. We don't want to cost until we get the bill on the back side. Well, indemnity plans pay a fixed a fixed dollar figure. So, and they are based on your know, reference based reference-based pricing and Medicare pricing and whatnot. So we, we know that Medicare pays a, a small fraction of what under-65 health plans pay. So the danger with, it, with a straight indemnity plan is that you're going to get a balance bill, for example. You know, a, 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 a lot of, well, there's one carrier out there who I, who I don't sell, but their indemnity plan pays $300 a day for every day you're in the hospital. Well, the average day in the hospital in the state of Illinois is 2640 It's the average day. That, 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 that's just that, that's what they don't do anything. That's if you have no heart monitors or anything on you at all. So, so right away, if it's paying three hundred dollars a day, you're on the hook for you know 
$2,000 or go. Uh, and of course we see in, 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 in the Chicago area, you know, that day the hospital is closer to sometimes near 10,000 a day. So if you only have a plan to pay $300 a day for a day you're in the hospital, you need to understand that you're going to be on the hook for several thousand dollars a day. And, you know, not, not just total a day. Sort of thing. So there's higher, you know, the ones I deal with are higher in indemnity plans, which will pay, you know, 6,500 a day. Uh, but and again, I, I typically will wrap that with something just to make sure to, to protect the client. But most people don't do that. Most people don't wrap, you know, an indemnity plan with anything. Therefore, they, you know, the person's on the hook for the, for the, for the balance. Sure. If there's a balance. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 the other positive with, with indemnity plans in some states, you know, I mean, I, I have clients in Iowa where I don't need to wrap anything around around the indemnity plan, and they get a check back because, you know, the, you know, the plan pays $6,500 a day for every day you're in the hospital. And, you know, the hospital there might, might be $2,000. They, they, they spend three days in the hospital and get a check for four grand or five grand or six grand because, because they pay that flat amount no matter what. So they'll pay the hospital their portion, and you get the difference. So in some states, they're great. Chicago, not as much. So who would be, like, let's say in the Chicagoland area, uh, who would be a prime candidate for one of these programs outside of uh, Obamacare? Okay, so, well, you know, first of all, anybody who pays, pays their own health insurance, you know, that's healthy, you know, should take a look at these things. You know, they're, they're, they're not for everybody, but if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you pass underwriting, number one, and, you know, like myself personally, I find it hard for myself and my family to justify $2,500 a month for an Obamacare plan. They just, you know, we're pretty healthy and to pay $25,000 a year before I pay a deductible, to me, doesn't work, you know, for me. That doesn't mean it doesn't work for somebody else, but for me, that's that's not my style. That's that's not my that, that's not my. I'm, I'm not a big user of healthcare, I guess. And and when you and when you run a business, cash flow is king. So you know, if you you, you, you can put it in your health insurance or you can put it into your business. So what do you do? So that's so, 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 so they're prime candidates for for, for a non Obamacare plan. People that can that are and, and I've seen it. It seems like the the, the hot spot is about 55 and up, age 55 and up. Because they're the ones that typically don't qualify for subsidies through the Affordable Care Act, and uh, they, they don't qualify for subsidies. And if they're healthy enough uh, to qualify, they're the ones that seem like that they're the hotbed. So, have you also seen on the other side of the spectrum that younger kids, um, like right out of college, maybe first time or second time jobs, that the tax credit phases out faster for the younger folks? And so, even though they're not making as much, even though they keep increasing the tax credit eligibility higher and higher, and they still fit the textbook limits, but have you seen some of the families or individuals that are young enough that are phased out of the tax credit taking advantage of these short term medical plans or these other hospital plans? Yes, but yes, I have. That's also a comment. You know, it seems like it seems like that these plans are on the, on the higher end of the spectrum, of the age spectrum, and then again the lower, the 26, 27, 30 year old who aren't getting enough, you know, who don't get enough of tax credit. You know, getting a getting a forty or fifty dollar a month tax credit doesn't doesn't really help you too much. You know, when, when the plan's three hundred fifty dollars a month. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, when you don't make a lot of money, so that's so that's that, that's a that's a that's a very common area as well on, on the end. Yeah, and I've noticed, especially as years get into this um, Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, that uh, we have to be more and more creative as years go on in order to try to cut costs or control costs and control out-of-pocket expenses. Because as we all know, even on the exchange plans, the out-of-pocket maximums keep going up, and we're going to be at ten grand before we know it, right? Um, and unless they qualify for a subsidy with a uh, cost-sharing credit. But 
Uh, we have to just be more creative. And in, even in, and you and I have talked about this, how to create a one-person small group. And there's a lot of innovative ways that we could do that. But And of course, you need experts um, such as yourself to actually put these pieces together and make sure that you cover all bases. Because so a lot of these people are seeing a Facebook ad. It sounds great. They're talking about some of the topics that you and I are discussing right now. And then they jump into it. And then they realize at claim time that it wasn't what they originally thought it to be. Right. And, 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 and sadly, you know, uh, sadly, there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies out there, a lot of brokers out there that, that, that sell for commission purposes only, not, not, not for what's best for their client. So, so you really have to you know, know your broker, but make sure that, you know, I would, I would check the, you know, I would use a broker number one, but I would also check into his background, check, you know, how long has he been in business? You know, there, you know, some guys that are out there, you know, been selling insurance for, you know, six weeks that doesn't make you an expert giving you us having a service license doesn't make you an expert you know? yeah yeah it took us years to come up with all this stuff yeah well well i i was talking to a guy i wrote last week who was approached by one of my competitors who one of the companies that i was talking about with an non-monitor product and you know i compared one of mine to one of, one of theirs and then and then uh i kind of mentioned that they typically are, aren't in the business very long so he asked the guy to send, send his business card the, the girl's business card actually had a picture on it, and she, she the guy goes, she looks like she was probably 19 years old. So, so, so he he suddenly lost it. I mean, I'm sure probably older than that, but but she looks like she was 19, and so I, I lost my confidence in her because she, she didn't have very much experience. And then you know, he, then he went to my website and I've been for 17 years, and he goes, yeah, I think you're a little more qualified than her. Regardless of what you say, I trust you more than her. Yeah, and, yeah, just from the length of time. Yeah, you could foresee right, things yeah. in advance a lot further, and you've been. We, and both of us have been through a lot, right? We we, we kind of started in the similar situation uh, in the industry seventeen years ago, and then uh, kind of morphed into what it is now. But it's bring it brings a lot of the experience to the table to have a lot of foresight on a lot of things before they actually occur. Oh, right, you, you, you see a lot, you know. Somebody like you see, you, you can kind of, you know, like. That, that now you know, I see people and I say, "Well, I don't need that." So, uh, like I, one of my customers, one, one that canceled his insurance. Says, like, I, I, I haven't used healthcare in many years. I really don't think I need it anymore. I'm only two years of medical. I think I can go. And I was like, "Sure, it's a thing." Yeah, you're in good shape. I go and I feel. I feel personally, I can control. You know, I don't think my health. I think I control my health well, so I don't have a heart attack. You know, I keep my cholesterol, my blood pressure down. What I can't control is cancer. And I was like, that, that, "That that just comes." I mean, I just you know, I, I can do some preventive stuff there, but. That so I mean you, you see very healthy people sometimes die of whether it be ovarian cancer or you know various types of cancers in there and that's why he ended up keeping his insurance because I know it wasn't trying to scare him I was trying to be honest with him I said, you know yeah you're probably not going to have a heart attack you're in good shape you're probably not going to have you know cholesterol medication you're in good shape all these things you know you're probably not going to get HIV because you know you don't do that kind of stuff you know that lifestyle but uh you know, uh, not there's anything wrong with that, but uh, you know, the, the thing I would worry about the most is is, is cancer because you can't you can't control that one. So yeah, for sure, for sure. And so keeping politics aside, obviously there's a lot going on in the political front right now. But um, assuming that things are taking course to the way it is, do you have any insight into possibly what what Biden has in store for Biden Care and, uh, and some of the concerns that maybe our clients are going to experience going over the next twelve months? Sure. Well, well, Biden wants to wants to add a public option, 
you know, basically a Medicare for all type thing for, you know, you know, as, as an option, I mean, as, a, as a guarantee. His next president's candidate, you know, if she, she takes over, uh, wants to just do Medicare for all. Uh, so, but now, assuming that Georgia, you know, obviously the, the decisions on Georgia, because if, if, if Republicans control the Senate, it doesn't matter, it'll never, it'll never get through. So that doesn't matter there. So, so I, I, I think from a healthcare side of things, you know, they have ideas, but I don't think they can get it through. You, mm-hmm. you can't executive order. You, you can't executive order changes in the healthcare law. So, right. but right. but what he wants to do is, you know, if it goes to a public option, you know, the government doesn't have to compete with, you know, for for profit. You know, the government doesn't have to make profit. They've been losing money for years. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> that's true. So I that's mean, true. So, so so I mean, so they won't uh, have that have a problem. So if they start a public option, people start going that route. You know, that that that, that could almost put in private insurance by default. Yeah, for sure. I could see that. But I mean, the one thing I point out on a regular basis is there's three single payer health systems or public options uh, in the United States. You've got Medicare, Medicaid and the VA. And Correct. between all three of those, sure, there's some perks and people benefit from it, but there's a lot that's wrong with it. And here we're going to add another one to uh, the portfolio of taxpayer financing. Uh, I, I just don't foresee the longevity of it. But, you know, maybe, you know, if he's in control and he gets the, the votes that he needs, it might be uh, an option. But let's, you know, backtrack just a little bit. Even if he gets his way, what what kind of time frame do you think we're looking at? At least two or three years is what I'm seeing, but what are you seeing on your side? Well, I would say it will be, even the Affordable Care Act, when it passed in 2010, it didn't get implemented in 2013. So, I mean, you know, so I mean, you know, even, even you know, even if he, even if he did get it through, and of course, it, you know, it took, Obama was, was elected in what, 20, 2008, so it took him almost two years, you know, to get it that far into 2010. So sure, uh, sure. Know, he, had a, he had a big majority in the Senate, a big majority in the House to get it all through. So, so that, that, that took some time. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I would say three to four years, best case scenario. And, and that's assuming you get the votes. Well, this has been great, Eric. I, I definitely appreciate your time. Eric Wilson is from iCell Health. He's been in the industry 17 years. I know your website's iCellHealth.com. But what if somebody needed to get in touch with you or wanted to, what's the phone number they could reach out uh, Reach out to you? Uh, yeah, yeah. the office number is 815-372-1363. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or if you're out there, you want to call toll-free, it's 888-448-5370. I appreciate what you're doing for the industry, and I appreciate what you do for your clients. And Well, it's always a pleasure. Great, great talking to you. I appreciate yeah, great it. talking to you. I appreciate Eric coming on and sharing some insights in, in the industry and what he does and uh, what people should look forward to during this open enrollment. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week.